This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would never, ever get rid of a living legend, except Dr. Mart. Uh, tonight we're supposed to be talking about an excellent 5-1 win against MK Dons, an Oscar hat-trick, hell, even a goal by Eden Hazard. But instead, we learned last night that it seems that John Terry's illustrious career with the club is coming to an end. We all knew he couldn't go on forever, but surely... The club would have had the sense to realise the impact of the leadership characteristics someone like JT might have on the club, on or off the pitch at a time of major transition. Is there such a thing as gratitude and loyalty anymore, let alone good management? Whatever the ins and outs, and I'm sure there is fault on both sides, it bears yet more testament to the emotional disconnect and palpable discord that so many supporters increasingly have with the club and modern football. I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast. The end is nigh. So I'm in a quite a sombre mood tonight, but it's lovely to welcome, as always, the lovely Jonathan gorgeous Kidd. Gorgeous to be on the show, Chidge, as always. Always gorgeous to be on the show, isn't it? I know, show, I know. Is that Irish, as in now? The end is no, no, it's, there's no Northern Irishness on this show tonight. No, the end is nigh. It could be, it could mean anything, but I think we're mainly, we're mainly talking about dear old JT Clayton. It's lovely to have you on the show. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure and honour to be back. Um, as you will recall, last time a very, very great hero of mine passed away. Um, I, I, I hope you're not going to ask me to pick my favourite Terry Wogan song tonight. No. Well, I don't know. I might I might make you do a triplet with you, Dan and Jonathan, doing the floral dance. But uh, other than that, we'll take requests. Uh, and talking of Dan, we've got the lovely Dan in the hey, house tonight. Yeah, Dan, how are you? Excellent. I'm all right, mate. I've had quite a chill day, as I was saying to you off air. 
now we should get on with the show. I mean, I'll tell you what, mate. It's going. It's massively, massively, massively packed show tonight. Um, and to start with, on the show tonight, we will be giving our view on the JT leaving saga. Why do the club just not get it? Has JT manipulated the situation? And is it all just boardroom politics? Why are the club ignoring the football case for keeping JT? And what does it all mean for us, the supporters? Uh, that will take up the first two parts. We're going to do it to death. Now, in part three, we're going to look back at a very good performance against MK Dons with a classy Oscar hat-trick and even an Eden Hazard goal, as rare as rocking horse shit. And we'll be having a chat about Chelsea's transfer activity this window, or lack of it, and asking why on earth does the board keep getting it so wrong? That, of course, is if we get time when we're not talking about JT. Now, to wrap up in part four, we will have the usual round of Chelsea supporters news, of course, but we have uh, we have three absolutely bombastically amazing emails tonight so jonathan is going to have his work seriously cut out tonight yeah. jonathan you're going to be busy boy later on oh good stuff he's already got them and ready and raring to go now uh, don't forget you lot uh, you can listen to this show live every monday night at seven o'clock and all you have to do is go to mixlr.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And, of course, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. And I, and I do believe, I do believe that we have a load of people in the house tonight. We've got Clive's in there, Martin's in there, Andy's in there, Jonathan Perez is in there. Oh, blimey, I tell you, it's, it's like absolutely, it's, it's, it's packed. I mean, anybody would have thought, anybody would have thought, that uh, we've all got a bit stoked up because JT's uh, allegedly going. Who could possibly say no, not at all? Anyway, without further ado, after this little bit of stingage, we will get into the meat and two veg of the show tonight. We will uh, see you or hear you or speak to you in a second. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off, really, just to kind of remind ourselves, if we can, uh, about the, the whole timeline of this. I mean, you know, uh, God, blimey. Only Chelsea could do this to you. I mean, we'd had a, a really pleasant afternoon uh, watching uh, Chelsea demolish Milton Keynes. Everybody was feeling quite happy and on a bit of a high. And then suddenly, the breaking news from uh, the press room uh, was that JT made an announcement to them, basically, as far as I can recall, pretty much saying that his agent had got in touch with the club, as as he always does at this time of the year, to start talking about the extension, uh, you know, on his contract, and that the they had got back to his agent, basically saying that they weren't going to sign anything yet, um, and they'd have to talk about it, you know, at the end of the season when there was a new manager. And basically, JT took that as a sign that they weren't going to sign him up, and then the, and then and it all went into meltdown. Um, it, interestingly enough, uh, there was uh, a bit of a, a bit of club backtracking as soon as this news broke because there was a horrendous amount of meltdown on, on Twitter, as we know. But the club said uh, after all of this, he is a fantastic servant. Uh, 
of Chelsea Football Club and a superb captain. And as such, the club will keep the channels of dialogue open. Um, but I mean, you know, I'll ask you, Clayton. When did when did you hear this first uh, of all? Almost immediately, because uh, I was on Twitter after the game finished yesterday. And I saw this come up and uh, a bit like everybody thought, oh, my God, we've had two weeks or three weeks, whatever, without any grief. And now something's just come in and here we go again. Um, I don't know whether you want me to just lead off on what I think or what have you or whether um, you want to just... Well, I, I tell you I tell you what, I mean, in terms of the running order, I mean, this part, I just want to talk about, you know just the immediate reaction that we all had last night. But but I also want to get into what might be going on behind this in this part. And in the second part, I really want to make the case for, for keeping him for football reasons and all those other reasons. And also what, what this all actually means to us, the supporters. So, I mean, just your immediate reaction when you heard it. Really, um, I think my immediate reaction was uh, um, obviously extremely disappointed. Uh, it's coming into his own again uh, after a slow start to the season. Um, but I wasn't surprised. I mean, the, what's happened with the club in the last couple of years and the way that, that, that they have a, a PR department, which is just from hell. Um, well, they don't have any PR. I think that's the bottom line. And um, I, as I say, I, I was shocked. I was annoyed, but I just wasn't surprised. I mean... It just seems to, it's just one, we lurch from one disaster to another. We are trying to, I, I don't know what we're trying to do. Every time we things seem to be going well, then something else um, rears its ugly head. I mean, I know this season's been a disaster, um, but things seem to be back on the straight and narrow. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, but as I say, not, I, I think I just shrugged my shoulders and thought, here we go again. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was so depressing hearing it, wasn't it, Dan? Uh, you know, it really, I, I was so pissed off. I just sat there in a real grump and basically moaned like stink on Twitter for three hours, Dan. Hello? Yeah, hang on, sorry. Dan? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was cooking my dinner and I got an alert on my phone. I was like, oh, John Terry's, oh, he hasn't signed a new contract. I mean, I was shocked, baffled, went to Twitter to find what was going on. I mean, it, it, it was clever ploy by John, I think, because obviously the club has said, no contract. He then thought, well, you know, no better opportunity than in front of a packed press room to say, I'm not getting a contract. Boom, you know, the explosion happens and Twitter goes into meltdown. And there will come a time when he's going to go, but it's now the right time. It's just, it's just, another, it's just another baffling, crazy decision from our so called board and, you know, director of football, whoever makes decisions. I actually I- tweeted yesterday that, you know, do they do rock, paper, scissors to make a decision? It's bizarre. I wonder if it really happened. Mm. I wonder if, in fact, he's just been because he's heard nothing. Whether the agent has actually said to him, "We're not, we haven't heard anything. Do you stir it up?" Or he'll say, "Well, I'll stir it up." It just seems because the, the club has, has clearly completely backtracked, and uh, in uh, obviously, possibly, obviously because of the reaction of the fans. But at the same time, it, it's a bizarre piece of timing. Honestly, would the club have done it this week? Um, uh, perhaps they did it early in the week. Perhaps JT was really in control of the whole thing, and as deliberately as you say, Dan, he's, he he made a point of uh, of going to the press conference and saying, "Right, this will stir it up. This will get them doing something because they because they're they, they're digging their heels in and not doing anything yeah. about it." I mean, so, 
Jonathan, I, Jonathan, I think you you absolutely get that that spot on, and I think that that's that's really you know. I mean, I was so angry when I first heard, but you know, I calmed down a bit afterwards and, and started trying to have a real think about what actually was going on. And 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 I think I think there's basically a lot of politics going on, and I think the politics are between JT and the club. And I, I think there's definitely uh, a case to state that JT's manipulating the also, situation. The other possibility is uh, that it was, I think, mentioned by, by somebody in the, in the press that um, uh, they may have already got a, a manager on a free contract who has said, uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that I want to have uh, um, older players in the club. And it may be that may be a precondition. I don't know who it's going to be. We don't know who that, who, you know, it might be that he's saying, well, actually, I don't want to have somebody as strong as, uh, as JT in yeah. the dressing room. I agree. I have, can I, I have my hand up? Can I? Can I say something? I'll speak yeah. after you. <laughs> okay. Um, I, you make a good point, but I think that no manager is going to want to come in to the club and and be the one who said I don't want JT. The, 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 there is one manager who could do that, and that is the fat Spanish waiter. Oh God! And, you know, and if he's coming back then I could understand what's going on. If he's coming um, back, the board will have gone completely mad. Well, but, but the other thing is, which I think, just going back to the whole JT agent stirring the pot, is that, <coughs> excuse me, apparently last year, his one-year extension wasn't agreed until March, and the year before that, it wasn't agreed until May. So, you know, the, the fact is that these things take time, whether he's being unreasonable in how much he wants, considering his age, etc. Um, but I, I do think that, that, that there is a, a huge amount of politics yeah. here. I think that he's, I, I, I think Dan and I had a little exchange on Twitter this morning. I, I think it's, it's a, a, a bit of politics, as, as you've said, Chidge, and, yeah. and uh, I think we just have to, he's, he's lit the blue touch paper, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, my, my view is that He's a massive personality, massive influence, and maybe the club feel that he could be divisive to new manager. They can take the flat for not giving a new contract, and then he's gone. They start the new, completely clean set. So that whole decade of success is gone, and whoever comes in and start the season has John Terry free squad without the you know the influence, perhaps having Roman Zier and all the you know. There's been so much speculation over the years of JT going to Roman and so on and so forth. Maybe the club feel he's gone. We can get a solid new captain in, albeit you know maybe not as influential, but that's the way forward. No JT, no trouble. Have a clean, calm club. That's just that was my kind of thought. Don't you think he may have accelerated it by doing this? It's quite an antagonistic thing to do if they haven't actually made a decision. I, I totally agree, Jonathan, and I think that you're all making some excellent points. But I, I, as I said a minute ago, I, I smell the whiff of, of politics here. You know, has the next manager already been agreed and decided that he doesn't want any of the old guard at all for a clash, a fresh start, a clean start? You know, in in a way, um, whatever happens, they might be setting the manager up to fail because if they had left it until May and he decides that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want JT, he's he's going to have a massive baptism of fire. Um, some somebody said something. I think it was Paul Haywood, remarkably enough, but he said uh, on Twitter that they might be trying to soften up somebody like John Stones. You know, why would somebody like John Stones come if he's got JT there, which is an interesting angle. I'm not sure. I tell you what pisses me off most about all of this, other than other than the clear politics that is involved. Um, you know, 
there's such a disconnect, it seems to me, between the football side of the club and the board. Because, you know, apparently Hiddink, uh, we know that Mourinho was instrumental in getting J- JT. Um, Cl- Clayton, what are you doing? You're rattling. You know, I know it's you because your your little screen's flashing. Um, but we, we, we know, that's thankfully, just your screen. Um, you know, we know that Mourinho got, got uh, JT over the line for the last two seasons. And apparently Hiddink has advised the board to keep him for next season. So they, they flagrantly uh, ignored sage advice from somebody who knows football, more, more about football than them. I mean, they, they, they don't know their arse on their elbow. Some of the decision-making over the last... 18 months has been absolutely baffling and we I've got no idea what direction we're going in. They're tra- transfer know, windows. crazy, isn't okay, it? Okay, you know, the, the championship year, yes, it was a good window with Fabregas and Costa done early. But since then, it's baffling. I mean, they've, I was talking to Jonathan Sharp, who's Chicago Blues, asked him about this guy who signed from Red Bulls. And he said to me, yeah, we don't talk about the public, that's the MLS. So he clearly doesn't rate this guy at all. So if we're swapping, you know, JT from a 20-year-old MLS player... You know, MLS play recommended by Drogba, though, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's yeah so I heard as well. A few games like that. It's absolutely pony league. It's just it's rubbish. The standard and the ability is yeah. abysmal. So it's not really a you know a, yeah. a good a good beacon. And you know, we, we're going to have Mizaga and Michael Hector next season the back two. I mean, God forbid. Mm. Well, let, let, we're going to get on to old Mr. Miyagi, or whatever his yeah. name is, in, in part three. Um, I think just what we're touching on here, you know, is, you know, I think if if one, if one was to be reasonable about this, actually, it's, it's JT that's kind of essentially fired the starting gun here and, and caught the board on the hop. Hence, hence their, you know, statement yeah. and reaction. And, and I think I think our immediate reaction on Twitter when we all melt, went into meltdown, and I include myself in that, was that, that you know, the board have been classless, they've stitched JT up, they've, they've done what they were. I, I don't actually, when you really dig into the story, I don't think that they have done. I think that they were really caught with their pants down when he came out with this. And they would have preferred to have controlled the story. And I, and I think that that adds a lot of credence to the fact that JT's manipulated the situation. And that means that he's either going to try and get, you know, box them into a corner so they agree to keep him. Or he can, you know, try and rustle up some pre-contracts with, uh, you know, a major club from Europe. Or, of course, you know, weirdly, the MLS. I mean, I still think he's good enough to play at the top he's, level, frankly. Well, what, do you, what do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. I think... Um... Uh, you, you preempted what I was going to say, which is that uh, um, it, it, it's actually what I said earlier. Right? It's a very strange and antagonistic thing to do, uh, and it sounds as if he's trying to create a situation of some kind. If the club were were, were willing to negotiate, but possibly later, as is as in the times when he renewed his contract last mm. year, unless he's you, you know what, you, sorry, Jonathan, a specific uh, note from them saying we do not want you, but. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think if, if, you know, as always with Chelsea, the machinations behind the scene, scenes we never, ever really get an inkling into. But I think if this, you know, if you look at this even handedly, this tells me one thing and one thing alone that uh, there is palpable discord between John Terry and the club, and arguably there has been for a very long Jay, time. He's very clever because he knows if he gets a groundswell of support. He's, you know, the ball's very much in his court. He's got the upper hand, but as a club have proved time after time, it could be futile exercise. They don't, they don't give a shit about the fans. You know, if we if we, if we go, mm. Johnny Selfie Stick comes in tomorrow and takes our seat. So perhaps getting the you know the support of the very good Dan. the fans, very clever. 
it won't make any difference Very because good. yeah no, not not you particularly just it just it works but just you know the, the support of the fans doesn't mean shit to quite frank you know you know, you know what though. I mean, in spite of what we're, we're, and we are, I think we're all being very well behaved and trying to be ever, ever so reasonable and not get sued by anybody. But um, at the bottom of all of this, you know, we're really talking semantics because at the end of the day, you know, they're talking about uh, a guy who played every game last season when we won the championship. Uh, sorry, the Premier League. Uh, we're talking about a guy here who's been the most successful captain, probably arguably the best player we've ever had at the club. And, and you know, surely he deserves a bit more respect. Surely he deserves to be able to sit down with them and, and find a way, you know, to keep him at the club beyond his playing career. I mean, God knows we need him, which is what we're going to get into in a minute. But, I mean, where's the respect? Why sever the links with the only one, the only player at the, at the club currently who genuinely gets the supporters and the culture and the history of the club, Clayton? Um, who's saying the club are? Only John Terry. Um, he's not being offered a new contract uh, at the moment. It doesn't say they don't want to offer him a new contract. It may be that they want to offer him a contract um, which involves some form of coaching, but they can't do that until the new manager's in. There might be a whole load mm. of stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be on the club side, but I think in this, there are, there are as always, a lot of unknowns. I mean... Dan alluded to the transfer dealings are just bizarre, but we'll come on to that. So, you know, we'll park that to one side. We're talking about JT. Nobody from Chelsea Football Club, as far as I'm aware, has come out and said, you're gone. It may be a playing contract. It may be a coaching contract. It might be anything. And, and because we haven't got a manager, um, nobody knows. Now, if we have got a manager in the wings, who's been appointed, who has said, I don't want JT next year, then the, all the club have to come out and say, I mean, they're not going to want to because they're going to get the older pitchforks and fires on sticks on Saturday, um, is that we're very sorry, but we're not offering him a new contract. But the club aren't saying that. I, I think that JT's playing a game, his agent's playing a game, um, and it might backfire on him. Um, I you know, the thing that you said about Gus saying um, he's advised the board to keep him, well, he would say that, wouldn't he? Uh, as the old Mandy Rice Davis. He, he, he's gonna, he's not going to say anything different. He needs JT. If he's going to have any sort of success this season, he needs him and he needs him to be part of the setup. So, yes, you can criticise the club as much as possible. And at the end of the season, if it's a complete dog's breakfast, then yeah, absolutely. You, you, you blame the club because... The point is that we cannot afford to lose the, his experience and his love for the club. Um, I know we're going to come on in the next part, I think, to, to what he gives and his leadership. But the simple fact of the matter is that he bleeds blue. Um, but if this is a game, um, he's obviously willing. He knows, mm. he knows that there's, the, the fans are only going to take one side. And it's not the clubs. Yeah. Uh, Clayton, Clayton I, I think you make a really good point there. And no matter how much I want to stick the boot into the club, you know, at the end of the day, they, they, have, not, they have not said that, that is absolutely definitively it. You know, you would definitely not be playing after May. You know, there is clearly a, a door open. And I, and I actually agree with you as well. I think JT doing this may actually make, make the board dig their heels in 
even more. There may well be no way back from this. And, you know, for for people who... Hang on a minute, John. For people who love the club and love JT, like we all do, that is very, very sad that a bit of pettiness and politics has terminated the greatest career we've seen at Chelsea. Sorry, Jonathan, go on, mate. It's unlikely, but it would be nice to believe that if they they have decided to get rid of him, that they've got a plan, that they are thinking in terms of who they're going to be playing in his position, or they've got something worked out. But, uh, I mean, past experience, uh, for me, it it means it's very unlikely. But nonetheless, if this is going to be the case, perhaps they've got um, somebody else in their sights that they aren't going to buy till the summer. Or, um, or once again, as we said, perhaps the the manager is under a pre-contract and has worked out who he wants. Well, I tell you what, Jonathan... The thing, that, the thing that really worries me, Jonathan, is that, you know, on past... I mean, they've not replaced uh, appropriately any single one of the uh, great players that we've had in this team for the last 10 years. You, the only one you could argue possibly is, is you know, possibly Courtois might be as good as Czech somewhere down the line. But e- e- even that... But, but there's nobody else that's near it. So their management of this whole... Uh, transition between these great players and now has been appalling. So I, I kind of I, I agree with you, Jonathan, and it worries me. Jonathan, one final thing before we go to the break. I, you're, you're the only one I, I can. Well, maybe Clayton too, but I'm going to ask this to yeah. you, Jonathan. How, how does this compare losing a player like JT? I mean, you've been through this before. I mean, how did it feel when we lost um, well, Chopper well, well, and uh, and Betty and Peter Osgood? Gut wrenching when when uh, they all had to be sold i mean when you know when david webb went to rangers and um uh and they proceeded to then finish in the uh, in the top 3 the following season because um sexton had gone there as well at least, at least the manager didn't the, the successful manager um well i said the successful manager has left so and if Mourinho then goes to uh, to man united and they start winning winning trophies then uh, it, it it'll start becoming very comparable um um, but uh, uh, it, it, at the time, you just—I actually despaired so much that I—I I started going to watch all the Rangers games as well as the Chelsea home games because I wanted to see—I wanted mm. to see the, the same players. You know, I wanted to because um, uh, Johnny Hollins went there as well, of course. Rangers. Yeah. So, can, um, can I? I, I think, John, Johnny, the—the the thing is that when those guys left, the Webbs and the Hollins, and they went to QPR. We were in, we we were on our knees then. The no, ones the ones that did it to me was Osgood and Hudson. When Osgood and Hudson left, that was that was ripping the heart out of the club. That was absolutely awful. I mean, I basically thought I'll, I'll, I'll go and support Southampton or Stoke because it was that awful. I mean, the Oz leaving was just appalling. But how, how does this compare? Is it? Is it any? Is it? Does it? Does this feel worse, guys? Well, it, no, I, I would say that was worse because I was at school at the time. One of you, one, one at a time. Circumstances because the club was falling apart at the well. The club's pretty falling apart now. Yeah, but uh, well, it was financially falling apart, which it isn't doing at the moment. All right. Okay. Well, look, we're going to. We're gonna... No, you can't because we're going to. No, because we're going to a break. Um, but after the break, uh, we will be picking all this up, and we're going to ask why the club are ignoring the football case for keeping JT, and what does it all mean for us supporters? We'll, we will speak to you again in a minute. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. On tonight's show, we've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. We have the marvellous Dan Silver. And I think, I'm tempted to say we've got the grumpy Clayton Beerman, but I don't think he's been that grumpy so far. I I am grumpy, but not tonight. I don't think I've been grumpy at all. I think I've actually been quite quite positive, to be honest. Surprisingly so. I'd go so... (laughs) I'd go so I'd go so far as to say you have been the voice of yeah, reason. That's gonna that's gonna change. And, and tonight I am going to be uh, Stanford Chidge, the voice of mm, doom. I, do. I really am because I'm not happy, and I, 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 I've had a, you know, I've been I've, my my own palpable discord with the board and the people that run the club has been growing commensurately over the last couple of months. But there we go. Um, first, first of all, of this part, I really want to pick up on 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 the football case for keeping JT. Um, and here's the thing, Dan. You know, bottom line is he's not just another player, which we alluded to a minute ago. He's the most, arguably, the most important player in our I mean, history. He's just unbelievable. I mean, he's put his body on the line. He's been kicked. He puts his head up. He put and put their feet. He's just an unbelievable player. He's a once in a lifetime player. You know, the inspiration, the leadership, the quality, the desire, the heart. I mean, I could go on and on and on. He, we won't see a player like him in our lifetime. I, I honestly think in world football. Yes, there might have been more talented defenders, possibly, but no one with a heart and a passion and desire that JT showed in 700 games. I think he's, he's, I'd almost say he's unique. See that stat that he's won two thirds of, uh, of the trophies that Chelsea have ever won. Yeah, I mean, he is that yeah, banner. Yeah. Yeah, that... I had to defend him today, though, in front of a, um, a Man United fan who just, uh, this constant thing is, yeah, he's a great player, but he's a dreadful person. He's not the kind of person I would it's... ever like oh, to meet. And I yeah, said, this sorry. is an invention of the media. Yeah, I said, he said, didn't he get arrested and go to prison? He said, I no. said, what are you ta- talking about? <laughs> said, Where have you got that from? I said, that's because you've, invent- you've invented this kind of demonic idea of the man. I said, he's not at all. It's a complete media invention. And, uh, but I'm, 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 I'm forced to deal with this consistently whenever, whenever JT comes up. And particularly at the moment, because he was, he was in the press so much as a consequence of this. I mean, the, the headlines, I've you know, got to give it to The Guardian. They were unbelievably positive about what a wonderful player he was. So if nothing else, they, the fact that all these, these journalists have come out of the woodwork and said, actually, he's one of the great players of the Premier, Premier League. You know, you think, well, actually, that's a positive behind all of this. And also all the stuff he does behind the scenes, which he, gets, he, does, oh, he doesn't seek or ask credit no, for. Like the, um, that Oren Tilly chap from Ireland, that little documentary Sky had a couple of Christmases ago, that was just so heartwarming to see this little kid from Ireland just yeah. absolute awe. And I'll tell you what, I mean, there's, there's so many more. I mean, you know, OK, he's been a complete burke on many occasions and got into all sorts of trouble, but, you know... To err is to human, is to be human. I mean, I, I know personally the amount of work he does behind the scenes and the amount of help that he gives oh, Chelsea supporters. Yeah. You know, it's it's immeasurable. I mean, you know, because we know he who must not be named, i.e. DJ, we, we get to hear these stories. And JT is about as good as it gets. He is Mr. Chelsea. But, Jonathan, quickly picking up on, on your conversation with your Man United fan, I hope you mentioned to him Ryan Giggs, Wayne Mooney and Rio Ferdinand. Of course, and he was just, uh, he said, it's nothing, it's not comparable. Not comparable at all. Oh. They're, they're just living in a dream world, these people. I see, he, he just mentioned the, uh, he said, but yeah, but he, does, he shagged his teammate's wife, he said. And I said, well, 
They know that was overblown as well. I said, I'm sure that oh. happens to many, many clubs, actually. I said, what about Ryan Giggs? And he shagged his, shagged his wife's um, sister. And he Just said, had a Eureka moment. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Hang said, on, Dan. He said, that's not the same at all. I said, God, what, what do you mean it's not the same? What, 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 this is a ridiculous conversation. You are completely biased. And he said, you're wearing blue spectacles. I said, oh, God, I can't what? Yeah, I mean, they're just idiots. I mean, epitomised perfectly by that absolute monkey's head of a oh, man, yeah, Martin Keown, who, 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 who said he would be uncomfortable being in the same team with JT, and yet he was, sti- you know, blowing smoke up Tony Adams' ass. Tony Adams did go to did, bloody absolutely. prison, for God's sake. Unbelievable. Uh, Dan, you, you're yeah, itching to say something, I know. I know why John Terry's going, because Wayne Bridge is coming back, and he doesn't want him. What, what, Wayne Bridge coming as back a manager, as a defender? As a, Bloody hell. Really bad as joke. A, as a, God, God, God help. Yeah. Winchester's second most famous most famous son oh, yeah. to me, of course. Clayton, Clayton, um, you know, apart from all of the, you know, the obvious uh, legendary things about JT, it, it being that he's Mr. Chelsea and everything else, um, I mean, surely his performances justify another contract right now. I mean, you know, he, he's still the best defender we've got, isn't um, he? He is, uh, but I would... I would caveat that with the fact that's not difficult. Um, he is our best defender, uh, but our defence has been a shambles this season. Um, he has played very well in the last two games against Arsenal and, and MK Dons, but to be fair, they, they weren't up against much. Um, the last two games before that, the Everton game and West Brom game, we let in five goals and it, it just appalling defending. And he was part of that defence. Now, I'm not blaming him, but he was he was in there. In answer to your question, yes, of course I'd give him another 12 months because even if he's not a first-teamer, he is of a level um, that can play well in, in the Premier League. I mean, the guy's getting older, um, but I think that he's getting less protection because our midfield is not as good as it was, um, and he has suffered. Um, he is getting better. He's getting back into form. But as I say, I, th- I think, you know, if somebody's going to come in and say, look, I'm going to rip up that defence and I'm going to start again and I'm going to bring in X, Y and Z, um, it's difficult to know because the fact of the matter is that if we do buy, you know, this one and that one, it might be that there is no room for JT. And if they could, yeah, I'll on. tell you what. Sorry. No, I was going to say, well, I was just going to say, I mean, apart from you know, technically his performances, yeah, I'm sure that you can question one or two things there. But I, apart from the fact that we've defended dodgily, although I would argue we've defended dodgily as a team, it's not just the yeah, defence no, that have let us that, down. That, yeah. But, the, but, the, but, but the, the, the clear problem that we also have at the moment, take JT away and there's absolutely no leadership. Okay, well, I've, I've got a point on that leadership thing. Because, and I think I might have mentioned it before, and this is not a, well, it's a sort of criticism, but it's just more an observation. In the last year, couple of years, when we've let a goal in, certainly this season, the team has trooped back to the halfway line, hunched shoulders. Nobody is geeing anybody up, and that includes JT. And that. Well, we, we, we yeah, mentioned exactly. that on the show, so funnily enough. It, yeah. it, it's all very well to talk about his leadership, and it might be leadership in the dressing room, it might be leadership away from the pitch and what he does. And there was a great example yesterday of what he did with Eden Hazard, giving him the penalty and making sure that Eden Hazard acknowledged the fans. That was all down to JT, going to the fans after games. You know, that that's JT. But the simple fact of the matter is that he, on the pitch, and maybe it's more a thing 
he's leading by example rather than actually worse because obviously you know the 98th minute equaliser against Everton that was him that was him up there straining every muscle to score you know to, to save something for Chelsea that day but when we're letting in goals he's not giving people bollockings he's not he's not rallying the troops and trying to push them for I mean that, that's just my personal opinion I think that part of his game seems to have disappeared well, you know, I mean, just to, to, to kind of counter that slightly, because, I mean, we did we did go into this on a show, a couple of shows back, possibly. But, you know, I, I felt that, to me, his leadership seemed to be waning because I think that he's been marginalised and that he didn't have his, his capos with him, like the Lampards, the Drogbas, the Czechs and the Ashley Coles. And I think that the, the team is clearly clique-riven. And, you know, with the Brazilians and the Spanish against the so-on-so, you know, and I just get that sense that maybe he's been a bit marginalised this season. So maybe that's why he's not uh, leading uh, as, as obviously and as visually as we've seen it in the past. Who knows? I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, without his leadership, without without what he does for the club... Um, without the possibility for him to actually mentor any, any of these young guys coming through, I think a, a, you know Chelsea with JT next season is dem- demonstrably weaker, is it not, I Jonathan? Agree with you. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's his experience and uh, um, and, and abilities as a centre half are, are without peer, so he should be able to pass those on. But then you wonder, you know, uh, you, what, what we worry about the whole wage structure of the club. I mean, I can't. They're, they're so trying to. They're still trying to implement financial fair play when, when it seems to be dead in the water. Nobody else is involved with it, but it still being, gets mentioned. You wonder whether they're trying to reduce the wage structure in some way. I, I don't know. It's, a, it, it's, all, it's mysterious. Well, I mean, you, you know, bless his, bless his heart, Dan, Dan Levine uh, made a point about that. And, 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 you know, it's a valid argument. Maybe they are trying to, you know, to, to save money, keep the, the wages down, what have you. But if that's the case, how come they've got that bloody idiot, Falcao, sitting on the bench, or not, or not even on the bench, sitting in the medicine room on 250 grand a year? Also, you know, why, have they, why are we signing Pato, for goodness sake? Yeah, and why, why sign these players like Papi Gilabogi for yeah. whatever it was who plays one minute? I mean, in other words, that argument clearly doesn't stack up yeah. because the evidence would, would suggest against that. Um, Dan, um, you know, what really, really worries me about all of this is that, not, not I mean, JT's like, you know, a, a tip of the iceberg, really. But it, I just really worry. I mean, we, we were saying a minute ago, you know, if we, have, if we have no JT next year, clearly the club are demonstrably weaker. What I'm really, really worried about is that the, the, with the last of the, of the great players that we've had for the last 10 years gone, I'm just worried that this could precipitate a real collapse and a dearth of success because as the club have done nothing and are doing nothing to effectively replace them. I think, yeah, I agree. But then you think, well, maybe that, that whole spine that we put together was... Was unique, you know, like the you know the United kids from the you know the early early nineties. It's just one of those unique times when you had six or seven absolutely phenomenal players came together at the right time, sprinkled a bit of stardust, like you know your Robins and your players like that, and you've got a fantastic squad. I mean, look, looking at that team without John Terry, I mean, man for man, I wouldn't put one of them in Mourinho's first team at all. I mean, I, I you know take Terry out, you know, zoom over Cavallio, no. You wouldn't have any of those players in Mourinho's first sort of two years because that was a phenomenal team. And as you, as you alluded to earlier, we've done nothing at all 
about replacing players. I mean, they've all kind of been gradually faded out of the last four years. They could have easily planned and done one stellar signing each window, 40, 50 million, like, you know, Pogba two years ago, another top striker last season. They could have easily done it over four seasons and then kept a strong spine. And we've, uh, we've just gone, scatter got approach to transfers. But they, they can't allow that to happen, though, Dan, can they? Because well, the, the profile of the club internationally, according to the business plan that they've, they've gone on about in the past, it, is, is, must be maintained. So they have to have success. So <laughs> somehow they, they, they've got to get their act together. But it is, it is bewildering, the, the signings that they've got yeah. up to. And, and I mean, we, could, we could be looking at a £200 million summer. Because I mean, if, if one or two players go, for example, Hazard, one or two, then suddenly you think you've got £120 million in the bank for transfers, plus the you know the sixty seventy million, million budget, and you've got two hundred million. If that's spent wisely, you bring in five, you know, five players, you know, a couple of what we've got, then maybe we can build again. Maybe, no, I, maybe, I mean, Cl- yeah. Clayton, Clayton, just picking up on on, mm. on all of this and, and kind of t- tying it together, uh, and and I think really that that point about that he is the last of, of the of the old guard. Um, it, you know, it, it. I think the re. I mean, you know, I was really upset last night, and I think so many people were. Even though we all knew that this day was going to come, but I think it just really shows you the emotional connection that we have, a with the club, and also with players like JT. And and it just seems to me to be another nail in that coffin. It gets harder and harder to love this club, um, doesn't it? I well, think. the wonderful Terence the Cat, as she is on Twitter, in one of her Irish Examiner uh, articles after Jose went, said that we are becoming a very difficult club to like and I think that's right oh. I just want to rewind if I may to, to, yeah, to yeah, basically please, this do, do, thing please. about us not replacing the spine and I think that and and you can shout me down but okay Courtois has come in for check now you know my views um, Courtois is going to be great whether he's still here next year that's neither one thing or the other he's young but he is a replacement for Czech so nobody can tell me the club didn't replace him JT okay they brought in Cahill he hasn't been as good as one would have liked but they brought in Kurt Zuma and he may become something I mean he's he's raw but I like him I, I like what they're doing they brought in Kevin De Bruyne to possibly replace Frank Lampard in terms of goals and creativity the club got rid of Kevin De Bruyne without giving him a chance. Well, maybe okay, got well, rid of him, to be fair. I'm not talking, I'm not blaming the club or anybody. I'm actually protecting the club by, you know, answering back and saying the club have not replaced these players. They brought in Lukaku for Drogba. Now, whatever the rights and wrongs of Lukaku, whether he was said this, that and the other, they got rid of him as well. I mean, the guy's scoring record in the Premiership speaks for itself. So don't, you know... That's another one that they've got rid of. So it's all very well saying that they haven't done X, Y and Z. Well, actually, they have. Now, the fact that we haven't chosen to stick with those players and rebuild a spine is, you know, one person's fault in some respects because he didn't replace them with like for like or better. Now, I think that you, you know, you have to think. I mean, they, they also tried to buy stones. Now, you can argue that they screwed that up because they have such a pathetic half-assed attempt at the beginning that they, they, they did themselves up. But the simple fact of the matter is, like Dan said, that spine was unique. You know, if you look at British football, that was, you know, that, that was like the Arsenal team, you know, the, the so-called Invincibles. That had a spine. And, and it's taken Arsenal decades. They haven't replaced that spine. That, that... And, they, and, and look what's yeah, happened exactly. to them. So 
it's all very well being hard and saying we haven't done this, that and the other. These, these players were unique and the fact that they all gelled, that, that they were a team that Mourinho built that basically has lasted 12 years and now it's finished. And yes, there are faults because it hasn't been replenished, but I think there's been attempts to replenish, but I think there's just been such half-assed management in terms of our transfer policy, which is why we are where we are. But, you know, mm. you, you mentioned the emotional link I have to tell you that the last couple of seasons after the fat Spanish waiter came in and the sacking of Jose again, I don't feel any link anymore. I, I, I feel a great passion yeah. for the club and I, I always wanted to do well, but it's very, very difficult. Well, I've, co- I've come up with a, with a, a brilliant piece of genius because that's really what I'm here for. Uh, and I want to talk about this now, which I'm calling this uh, the Arsenalification of Chelsea. Uh, which basically my theory goes is that, that that's where we're heading. Um, I, I think the point that Clayton made that was brilliant about the fact that Arsenal never ever replaced those five great players that were the spine of that team. And I think we're in the same boat. We're about to, to, to build a stadium. Even though Roman's putting his own cash in, I can't believe he won't be putting pressure on the board to, to save money somehow. In fact, I think he has done that over the last five years, although he's dressed that up as FFP. But what worries me, the future of Chelsea is, as I said, it's an arsenal arsenal ification. We could end up with a solar stadium, mercenary and effect players more interested in selfies than trophies, incompetent management, money over football, more plastic fans, basically mediocrity rather than passion. And I think that's what's really putting the wind right up me at the moment, yeah, Dan. It is a horrible thought. I mean, you look, you look at, you know, going to Highbury was a fantastic experience, you know, that you know, crappy way end under clock end. And you go to it now, it's just, you say it's soulless. I mean, London Derby a couple of weeks ago I was there. You could barely hear a pin drop with the, the home fans. That's I mean, because, of the, because of the dynamics of the stadium, because they were... Well, no, they, they built it in such a way, but they, they, they just... I agree. I think that the dilemma will be. I mean, I take the point, which is which is excellent, which is that if you're if they're going to be uh, if we're going to upgrade the ground to a sixty thousand um, stadium, I think we're going to have to uh, uh, and and this Arsenal of like Arsenal. How did you say Arsenal ification? It's not easy. Arsenal ification. If, if that's going to happen, um, you'll fill the remaining twenty thousand with uh, with um, exactly the yeah. same kind of people. Mentioning. Plastics yes, and yes. tourists, because they—that's what, that, as I said, that's what our dyed-in-the-wall Arsenal fans uh, are, are telling me that that's what's happened around them. In, uh, that's what the other club are making their money. But I think just to kind of to, to bring this back into JT, I, I, I think again this whole idea for me that he is the last link to what a lot a lot of our generation why we have an emotional connection with that club. He's the last kind of player, I think, that we may be able to have that connection with, i.e., you know, he, he, he came from the youth. He came from the youth ranks. He's English. He captained the, the club and all of that. And, and I think once he's gone, I just see a, a seismic shift in the culture. Yeah. Uh, and and we, know that the, we know that the club as a corporate entity have been trying to do this for years, you know, Match-going season ticket holder supporters are generally disencouraged. You know, they would rather have a stadium full of the different 42,000 people every week because they have a, a better chance of selling them crap. So I just, I, for me, this whole idea that JT's leaving is a much bigger issue and it's far more poignant than just another player I going. Agree. I mean, you know, you look, you look at the previous squads, a lot of heroes, cult heroes, legends. From this, this squad, I couldn't pick one player that I would have an affinity with, I would get 
not that I would do, but get a name on the shirt. This this squad, there, there's no John Terry, there's no Michael Ballack, there's no Frank Lampard, there's no Ashley Coles. There's not one play you'd love and, you know, seeing them winning the Champions League in Munich, you know, Lampard goes, it's it's a huge, huge thing. Any of these players go now, we're like, mm, next, you know, who's coming in? There's no... Well, yeah, I mean, they're clearly there for the money. They're mercenaries. They don't have that connection with it. I mean, here's a question for you, Clayton. Who, who next season, presuming that JT won't be there, which one of those players will it be dragging the others, screaming and kicking, to go and applaud the Chelsea away support? Um, you, in your fine script, said who will put their body on the line and give 100% for the cause. I have put down Branagh, Zuma, Asby, possibly Costa. Um I think those guys still care. I, I, I mm. think that this whole Arsenal vocation, fabulous word, um, I think it, it's inevitable. And I think, unfortunately, our success has put us in that bracket of clubs that are in the, in the million pound or the billion pound industry where they have to make money. And that's what it's all about. And I think... The whole thing about having players who used to live on the opposite side of the road to the ground, jumpers for goalposts and all the rest of it, it's gone, mate. It's absolutely gone. And, it, mm. and, and, it, and, and, yeah. and if you want that, then, you know, come down to Brentford. Um, go go yeah. somewhere else. It's just, it's gone. If you look at all those, you look at, man, you know, genuine yeah. good Man United fans, good Man City fans, good Arsenal fans, you talk to them. They're, they're sick of it. You know, man, you were the first ones yeah. to moan about it. And actually, you know, their green and gold uh, thing was, was very laudable. Um, it's the way football's going. It's, it, it's, it's no longer the game that we grew up watching. That doesn't exist anymore. It really doesn't. I mean, it's a terrible, sad thing to say. But as far as Chelsea are concerned, the only way you'll get your Chelsea back is if we go hurtling back down the divisions. I mean, the hot. Mm. And, and let's let's be honest. As much as we might joke about that, none of us ever want to see that. Yeah, go on. Sorry, Dan. I was going to say the whole landscape of football's changed since the advent of the Premiership. You know, it's all it's you get you back twenty five years pre Premiership. It's totally changed. Everything about it has changed. The new TV deal is ridiculous. You get ninety six million pounds for getting relegated next season. It's just it's <laughs> complete madness. It's you know, it's a worldwide phenomenon and. You know, part of that is that yeah, the real, the real fans are going to lose their their connections. I think it's you know, you, mm. some, you know, trying to be you know, sitting on the fence is rough and smooth. I mean, I I, I would wouldn't want to go back to the dark days of six thousand coming to Blackburn, but then it's got to be you know, I I I think what you're both saying, uh, it'd be interesting to hear, hear what Jonathan says as he's kind of the elder statesman amongst us. But sure. uh, you know, really, what you're what you're saying is that. This is modern football, Chidge. Deal with it because it's not changing. And you might have been able to lull yourself into a full sense of security because of the emotional connection relationship that we have with a player like JT. But the reality is, uh, underneath that, it, it went a long time ago and it ain't coming uh, back. I, Jonathan? I, I, completely. That's exactly the way that, um, you know, it's all very well becoming passionate about it and thinking, uh, um, yes, it's appalling what's happening. But at the same time, uh, it's inevitable. It's inevitable consequence of uh, of the, the desire, as, uh, as you said, to make uh, make large, amount, large amounts of dosh to be able to compete with the others. Otherwise, otherwise we will indeed fall away, and we may, you know, all the youth may get an opportunity to play, but we'll be in the uh, in the championship. 
But here's the thing, Jonathan. In fact, actually, the rest of you, really. I, I, a lot of reading I've been doing today, and you can imagine there's been swathes written about this, but I, I can't remember. I can't even remember who said it. Maybe Martin Samuels, actually. It wouldn't surprise me. What he talked about in this context, and he, he kind of mentioned the disconnect that we have with the club and, and, and how modern football has affected that. Uh, and he said that one of the things that JT does is that he provides an identity for the club and for us. You know, we we can identify with him, and by doing that, we identify with the club. And 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 at the moment, it seems to me that you know, once JT's gone, what, what is the identity of this club? What is the culture of this club? It'll just be the same as every other big monolithic European giant of a football club. And and, and 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 as Clayton was saying a minute ago, I, I, I'm feeling less and less of a well, connection Will we to feel that. the same if we happen to stumble across four or five players who become great, who then stay with the club and, and cre- almost recreate a spine because they're so good? Oh, yes, totally, I think so. Totally. And they then start winning trophies. Will we, be, will we be feeling, won't we just get behind them and think, wow, what a wonderful combination of players? Yeah. But I think you said it. Sorry, Dan. You know, I think what you, you, you nailed it there. But if they stay, you know, look at Drogba. I mean, Drogba was not massively popular when he turned up, diving around on the floor, playing like an ass, not even being that good. But he stayed. He stayed. He stuck it out, and he became one of the greatest players we've ever seen at this club. So I think the prerequisite is that number one, they have to stay. It has to be about longevity, but also it has to be about about success. They, they have they to do, win that, stuff. It's, it, it, it's difficult for them this season because they're not being motivated, obviously, to stay because mm. they're not doing well. But I think the more that that Hiddink manages to make them put results together and actually start performing well, the the more that they will um, uh, coalesce into a, into the kind of team that we we will that we they will like playing together, and they'll want to keep keep going, and they won't want to leave, and they'll start winning things. And if that starts happening again, then it might then it might be easy to slot in uh, a player who becomes better and becomes possibly great. Yeah, okay. yeah that's a good. Point. Okay, final final point from Dan yeah, and then Clayton. Say, I agree with Jonathan. If we we in four years' time suddenly have like a you know a Zoom and Aspliquator for some reason Hazard stays, all these players suddenly show the desire, passion, fight. Yes, we can have another wonderful spine. I mean, my my massive thing about Chelsea is. It's a badge on the front means more than any name on the back. That's that's the, the bottom bottom line for me. But if these players show desire, show heart, show passion, like the previous spine, yes, we can grow to love them again. We're not saying goodbye. We're just saying mm. you're on hold. You know. Mm. Um, I think that the the summer's going to be very interesting because I think that if, for example, Courtois stays, because he won't be in Champions League, if Hazard stays. That means that the club does actually mean something to them because it would be easy for them to go because they're going to be wanted by all the big clubs. They haven't got Champions League. If they stay and try and get us back into the Champions League, there's, there's the connection again. You know, the funny thing is, is, is we look at Costa and Costa, for all his faults, he puts, his, he puts everything on the pitch. You know, I mean, I don't really want to get into the fact that he disappeared <laughs> um, and the whole Mourinho thing but you look at him the last couple of games he's been Fabulous. absolutely fantastic and, and how pissed off did he look to get taken off yesterday yeah. he looks so annoyed mm. and that's what you want to see you want to see him want to be on the pitch and I think if these guys stay 
and they know they haven't got Champions League, but they stay because they want to put us back in the Champions League, I think there's your connectivity and there's your team starting again. Yeah, well... Mm. Let's hope so. Okay, final thing before we go to a break. I just want to tell you, Clayton, that Jacaranda Chick says, Costa, you is drunk, Clayton. I've only had a very, very small beer. (laughs) I thought thought you needed to know that. Right. Now, after the break, we're going to look back at the very, very good performance against MK Dons with a classy Oscar hat-trick and even an Eden Hazard goal. And we'll be having a chat about Chelsea's transfer activity this window and asking why on earth does the board keep getting it so wrong? We'll be back in a quick I'm going break. through a wee. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast and I think the last two parts we have unbelievably done the uh, JT saga to death and I think we had a very, very interesting chat about it but I'm joined as always by the lovely Jonathan Kidd the wonderful Dan Silver and the eminence grease of the Chelsea Fancast Clayton Beerman What on earth does that mean? Google it. Um, Google anyway, it. I'm going to bring Dan in. Well, just, just I'll, I'll tell you in the pub one day. Uh, Dan, you, you've got a, a yeah, shout-out you say, want um, to mention. We so lost go ahead. a member of the Chelsea family over the weekend. Um, Tony Broadband um, died over the weekend. So I want to send his condolences to his you know, his family and friends. Uh, you know, another sad loss. I think he's a very well-known face you know, around Chelsea and all the troubles he had in the last three years after his son died. At least he's, you know, he's there with his son watching Chelsea from above. So, you know... Yeah, sad news. Yeah, 
Uh, that was uh, Kyle's yeah. father, yeah, of he, course. He lost to passive yeah. cancer, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, very very sad news, and uh, as you say, um, you know, best wishes, obviously, and we're uh, thinking of his family and him. Yeah. So, uh, our condolences, of oh, course. Terrible. Right. Okay. Um, let's talk about the old uh, MK Dons Chelsea game. I mean, let's ba- let's face it; it was basically a walk in the park, wasn't it? Um, I mean, they didn't half, you know, miss <clears throat> some chances at the at the beginning, but. I have to say, I was I was thoroughly impressed, Jonathan, by that Oscar hat trick. I, th- I thought it, the, certainly the second and the third goals were super. Yeah, let's, let's, let's put this into perspective. They were absolutely terrible. And Kane Dons was yeah. one of the worst performances against uh, Chelsea in an FA Cup tie I have ever seen. They were a, a feeble. Every time we got the ball, we just seemed to waltz towards them, and nobody made a challenge. It, do you know what, Jonathan? The, 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 their attempt at tackling was as feeble as yeah, Arsenal's, it was, wasn't it? it? Was, uh, not, but no, and it, but I, that's why I think when, when Costa missed that one and diverted it, it was diverted by, by Oscar in front of him, and they both laughed at each other. It's because they knew they were going to score about, you know, they should have scored six in the first ten minutes, but they knew it was, it was a walkover because there was no, nobody was challenging them at all. And the goal was so bizarre. I mean, as you, you've put in your script, to, to, the, to make it 1-1 with the only attack that they had, and it's a deflection, and it's Fabregas not bothering to challenge for the ball at all. God, save it. Yeah, I, I tell you what, that, 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 that's cued me in perfectly. I mean, I, I will talk about nice things, because there were nice things in the game. But I've got to say that Milton Keynes do not score that goal if Fabregas does not pass the out of that tackle. And, and I thought that and wrote this down in my notes at the time when I saw it. And I was delighted uh, when, I, when I saw it at half-time that, uh, that Alan Shearer absolutely rinsed him for it and called it pathetic. I was watching it, I was uh, there behind the goal. And, uh, and when it happened, I actually, you know, I went purple in the face with a... <laughs> I, I just, you know, that's the one thing that always people get surprised by me is how occasionally I'll completely lose my temper over somebody behaving, behaving, somebody playing badly or ineptly. And I actually, oh no, the, the air was blue. The... Well, I, I, I'm getting grief from Gary already because I've mentioned Fabregas, Chidge, and High Horse. Gary, honestly, mate, you've been watching football as long as I have. Please tell me, please tell me you know, that that was good, because it was not. He, he absolutely bottled it, and it led to a goal. And he did it again later. He, he doesn't tackle. He's, he pussied out of it. There's no two but, ways about it. Please try and justify that, because I think it's but, unjustifiable. But your initially, uh, Chidge, about um, uh, statement, as I say, about, about uh, Oscar, was, yes, Oscar was, was fantastic, given the circumstances. They were... <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. Gary's just replied, he's Arsenal, Chidge. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that, well, as I've been I'm saying, sorry, saying, Jonathan, go on. Despite um, MK Dons being really poor, really poor, I should say, Chidge, poor. Poor. Being, yeah, but three Very great poor. goals. Three, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, a great goal from, um, from Traore as well. Um, terrific goal when he came. Well, I, I was going to say another thing, Dan, that really, that, that really uh, tickled me pink was I, I thought, I thought, I mean, OK, it's easy to do it when you're so far ahead and you're so clearly going to win. But I, I still thought that, that Gus did a good job with his subs. I think, you know, taking Costa off early because uh, we were, we'd, we'd won the game and, you know, we, we, we need to protect him a little bit because we've got some big games coming up. Uh, but I, I think bringing Traore on at, at an early opportunity was great. Uh, you know, A, to give him some time. But um, and as Jonathan says, he really put that goal yeah, away it was well, a I fantastic thought. Fantastic finish, you know, very calm. I think there was a little bobble before he hit it. I mean, Hazard put it on the plate and it was, it was a good, calm 
can't finish from the kid. I mean, he's got a lot of goals in the Dutch league, but it was it was good to see him get off the mark, and you could see he was absolutely delighted. He had nothing great, and the kid scoring his first goal, beaming, smiling, really happy. Oh, he so it was, yeah, it's brilliant. It's it was just, good to have him play in his position. He was playing at Vitesse, wasn't it? Which was centre forward rather than yeah, winger. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, and he's it got, made me think. Yeah. Well, actually, why haven't they been playing him at centre forward instead of you know attempting to play Remy, who's clearly not bothered anymore, and and uh, and have him as the other other centre forward. Well, I do, I do wonder actually if that's yeah. going to happen, Clayton, because you know Gus has obviously, you know, put him in the firing line. He scored a goal. I, I, I have a suspicion that, given that, uh, you know, we got Pato, who, who probably won't be able to play for a month because he's not match fit. More of that later. Uh, that our striking uh, triumvirate going into the end of the season will be Costa, uh, Traore, and Pato. What do you think, um, Clayton? Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, I really have absolutely no idea why the best manager in the world played him at left back. Um, but I'm sure there was method in his madness. Yeah, he's a forward and uh, and he looked like a forward and he played well. And obviously we were playing an absolute pub team, but it doesn't really matter. Um, we still played a lot better than we did in the last round against Scunthorpe. Um, Scunthorpe gave it more, but but we played... You know, it was good yesterday. It was good to watch. Um, and I, I, I thought yeah. there were so many positives that came out. And one of my favourite people, one of my favourite Chelsea people is uh, Sheldon Barker, who basically hates Oscar. He wants him out of the club, etc. I always try to defend Oscar. I, th- I You know, I, I think he's a great player. I really do. And I know I'm going to get coated because a lot of people are mixed with us and he's this, that and the other. But I think he is a player and he does a certain thing. Um, and I think if you just accept that's what he does, then I think I, he can do things for us. I agree. I mean, I don't think he helps himself. And I, 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 I think that whatever Jose was doing, he didn't like and he didn't respond to. Um, he kept hauling him off. Um, and I thought he was superb yesterday. You can only, only play well, what, I, I, what's I just... up against you. You can indeed, and they—I mean, let's be honest—they dispatched them uh, more comfortably than any of the other Premier League sides did any of their lower opposition. And I think actually that's quite a good barometer. I mean, just picking up on what you're saying, and Jonathan to a certain extent, um, if there if there has been a change between Goose his management and what he's got the team to do and Jose's, I, I would say one thing and. Just as a as a quick tangent from this, uh, Mikel was interviewed on the B before the game. They did a little set piece interview with him, and he intimated that uh, all was not well in the dressing room with Mourinho. Surprise, surprise! And it had a lot to do with communication. The fact that he wasn't talking to any of the players, and 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 I I reckon that there are a lot of players in that team who are playing now, who are. Um, playing with a freedom that they weren't under Mourinho it looks like the shackles are off and I think that, that Gus if he's done one thing is he's he's you know relieved them of those shackles oh, yeah, because Mourinho has always you know get a goal defend he didn't like possession he's always like you know possession is the enemy of football and you can see, just see the, the smiles the, there's a, a much happier cap I said I think a couple of podcasts ago it just seems a much happier place that kind of dark clouds being lifted I mean you saw Hazard with a lovely smile after he scored and then when Oscar scored his hat-trick the team spirit seems to return. It, it's a happier place. I mean, I, I would love to know what happened this this first four months of the season. I mean, it's, it will make a fascinating yeah. book just to see what, how it imploded so much. Clearly, clear the players should have, you know, laid down towards the way they did. There's obviously, you know, fought at various different you know levels of the club. But it was just good to see us, you know, 
not settling on winning 1-0 to go and score, trying to kill a team off despite the opposition. Great attacking football, good passing, shifting it forward. It was it was really good to watch. It was it was you know remind me a bit of the Anschlotti days where we just played some really cavalier attacking football, back to front very quickly. Kids getting a chance, lots of shit getting nineteen minutes and not looking out of place. It was. Oh, I'm sorry, you know, I disagree with you completely. Sorry, but lots of shit. I thought he was appalling. Why, why um, is that, Jonathan? The first half, he was absolutely useless. I did he, say he played well. No, he got ninety minutes. Well, he got ninety minutes, but ye gods, what? And, and then the crowd to go, Ruben, Ruben. I, I was going, for God's sake, don't encourage him. This is rubbish. <laughs> what about the what about the, pass, what about the perfect pass, Roscoe's goal? The only thing he did, he doesn't go for the ball. He's he doesn't go for headers. He just stands about. He has got a completely dreadful I, attitude problem. He I thinks they're still added to him on a plate. And he's absolutely out of place. He makes no effort. I absolutely disagree. I, I, I also disagree. I, I, think, so I, I think that basically he, you know, he's a young kid. And I think, I, I'm not sure what position he's supposed to be playing in. I think that was a problem yesterday. But he had some lovely touches. The, the ball he laid on for Oscar's goal was superb. He won a few challenges. He's a kid, you know, you've got to play him and he's got to learn. I, I think he, he's one of those players who looks like he's in overall, but I actually don't also, think he does get through a fair bit of work. He's a big, big guy. I also I, believe I that his um, confidence... A, I, I personally don't think he's got a future and I don't think he'll, he'll make it through. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's if his confidence was absolutely smashed by Mourinho and they need to, they need to rebuild him. He's still a kid, he's just turned 20 or he's turning 20 this week. I think, you know, we, we're a young, confident kid coming out of the, you know, a successful youth team and then Mourinho absolutely just destroys you. you he's a kid. He's 18, 19. You know, he's not, he's not a grown adult. He's probably not got a thick skin. OK, all right. Time, time out. Seconds out, round two. Um, uh, interesting that, that there's such a divergence of opinion. I mean, I thought, uh, OK, my, my, my view of him is that, yeah, he's very young and he's by no means the finished article. I'm not, I'm not convinced... Jonathan entirely that that he has a massive attitude problem. Although I would agree to a certain extent that he uh, he does look a bit static occasionally. I don't know. I think that that's inexperience. But I tell you what, I, I I thought the way he set up that goal for Oscar was superb. And there were many many moments like that in the game where when it, when he can impose himself on the game and his eye for a pass and and the, and the speed with which he moves play forward. Is is something that we've been sadly, sadly lacking for a long time in that club. What, what do you th- what do you think, Jonathan? About that? Matches, Chidge. Well, um, we were watching the same match, Alfred. You can actually think any of that. He just strolls about, makes no effort, seems completely out of place. All right, he got the ball once and he passed it through against that team. You and I could have done that. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, I, I don't for any minute think that he's anywhere near the finished article, and he is very young. But uh, I think it's an interesting thing, isn't it? My expectations of him maybe are a lot lower than yours. Although I have to be honest, I think your expectations are very similar to what the club expects, which is why we don't progress our youth very well because they're not given well, time to learn. You know, you, you, you know? look at the that boy who was playing for um, uh, Carruthers, who was playing for them. He's the only man. I, I thought I thought Carruthers was your butler when he escaped and was playing for Milton Keynes. He, he looked old enough, didn't he? He was only, only, only about 20. I, I think <laughs> the only member of the Manchester City uh, youth side who played against uh, Chelsea a few years ago, um, uh, was it last year? Was it Man City? He was, he was in the Youth Cup. He was the only member of the side 
that's made it into a, um, a, um, a divisional a football team like in the championship. Um, nobody from that team has made it. It's playing professional football at the moment. Oh, Gary said Gary said that Jonathan Kidd's first voice uh, he heard, he remembers it, and it and it was it was rather poor apparently. But apparently, you've done much better um, now. I would agree with that, but it was about. <laughs> it was about uh, 40 years ago. Well, obviously it takes quite a, a, long, a long time, a but there we go. Yeah, longer. Clay- Clayton, uh, moving away from Ruben Loftus-Cheek, because I think, I think the jury will be severely out as far as this show is concerned, although everybody on Mixler seems to be four square behind what you and Dan were saying. But um, what about uh, Eden Hazard? Um, you know, he, he could have scored a goal, hit the post, and then he, he did set up the triary goal. And uh, he got fouled for the penalty and took the penalty. How, how important will that goal be for him? Uh, time will tell. Don't know. I mean, he's obviously a confidence player. Um, he, he genuinely looked so relieved to have actually scored. I thought he was OK. I mean, he sort of pulled up in the trees yesterday. Um, he's obviously very rusty. He needs game time. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's fit. I think, you know, we're going to need him on Saturday. Um I thought he was all right. He was okay. Um, I thought they all were yesterday. Um, I know I, I want to give a shout out for Bubba because I'm going to get shouted down by everybody on Mixalert. But no, I, I thought he was good. Know, mate. He, ha- he wasn't up against much. But the simple fact of the matter was, when he first started, he gave the ball away, and you could see his face. He was trying so hard. He really was. He was. He was so. He was so keen to make sure he didn't screw up that he screwed up. But I thought he was good. He was a great outlet on the left hand side. Um, so I, I was encouraged by what I saw yesterday. I mean, obviously we weren't playing a particularly good team, but simple facts of the matter is that, that you know it was great to see all those young players playing yesterday. Um, the, the one player, and yeah. I don't know if anybody on Mixler or anybody here knows the answer, um, but am I right in thinking that um, is it? I can't remember pronounce the guy's name. The right back is it Aina or Ada? A- a- on the right now, he looks a really good prospect. But apparently we're in contract dispute with him or the reason why he was sort of dropped from the first team squad is because he hasn't signed a contract and Arsenal is sniffing around him I think that would be a shame I mean that the goal he scored from the halfway line was very funny against I know from the halfway line I know from the halfway line but that was that was stunning and Tammy Abraham's goal also in that game was just phenomenal but you know they'll they'll be playing for Vitesse next season no doubt won't they um, listen, just to move this on a bit, um, we got Man City next. Uh, Jonathan, do you think we can do it? Uh, I think Beat them, that is. What, um, what team he plays. Um, uh, um, and also who, who we play as well, or whether we have any injuries from the PSG game, because we're playing then the uh, yeah. Wednesday, aren't we, just before the match. Um, I think if we have a very good result against PSG, we'll, we'll do pretty well against Man City. I think if, we, if we're... Uh, Taken to the cleaners by PSG, then it might be a, a different proposition against Man City. It depends on say what team he plays because uh, even the the well, the guy scored a hat trick the other day, didn't he? The, um, the uh, reserve central he had a good uh, he had a good game, but um, I think they're going to miss De Bruyne because he's been playing out of his kit for them. Yeah, and he'd be keen to play well against of us, of course. I mean, Dan, you know, I I, I think. Uh, I think Gus will take the cup seriously. I think Gus Gus would love to win a trophy, and frankly, the, the FA Cup yeah. is probably our best chance. Albeit that we're playing City, but I think you know with Pellegrino, Pellegrino a lame duck. 
I think I, I I just don't think I don't think City are as scary as they were a couple of years ago, mate. They're I definitely mean, beatable. I, it baffles me is that a team of that calibre and squad. They're not ten points in the Premiership. It baffles me. That is a yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal squad. Um, I think we're home. That will be an advantage. Um, if they win the Capital One Cup, which is I think is before the game. They've got a European game the following Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it'd be a low priority. I, th- I think we've got a good chance. I think beat City. Yeah. You know, that's that's probably one of the major sides out of the way because I fancy City against most other teams apart from City because they're so strong and so, you know, so good. Quietly confident. Mm. Well, I mean, at, at least we're at home, yeah. which is something, yeah. isn't it? Cl- Clayton, I mean, you know, how important do you think it is for us to win the FA Cup this season? Uh... You're not, I'm not going to answer the same way I answered the last time I was on because I said I didn't think it was very important because I thought it, yeah. well, it, things would change, it papers maybe. over the cracks. It would be nice to win it. It would be very nice to win it. I, I, the fact we're at home scares me. We've been crap at home this year. Um, I think if we play them on a Friday night, I think that would be fantastic. Uh, because I, I'm trying to work out, is that the, the Champions League games are late after this one or before it? Because I... When's when's the date of it? I think we're playing. Uh, I think we're playing on the Wednesday. So we played on the Friday. We'd only have two days rest. No, we're we're yeah. playing on the it'll, Tuesday. It'll, so is it? The, yeah. yeah. So we're playing on the sixteenth. Is it? Is the ties on the nineteenth or that that weekend? That the following weekend, weekend yeah. isn't well, it? We 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 don't we don't know yet. But it could be Friday night, yeah. Saturday, well, or Sunday. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it'd be fantastic to go back to Wembley. Absolutely love it. Love the FA Cup as we discussed the last time I was on. It's a tremendous trophy. Yeah. Um, be great for Gus, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, I'm. I'm still bemused by the fact as to why it's just like okay, you're here for three, four months, and then you're going again. Oh, time down for another twelve months. Just insane. Well, you know what? I, I, I was thinking of that when we were talking about the Milton Keynes uh, game. That you know, I would I would happily have Gus in here for another year because I. I, I just, I just I think his light touch and his 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 wisdom being a guy that's been in the game for so long I actually think he would and could bring a lot, lot of these youngsters Correct. through. I think I think Gus could transition this side in a much better way if he was here for more than 6 months. I really I, think he could. I, so I, I think I sorry Jonathan he he embraces so many strange members of the opposition teams who he's who he's, he's managed in his career or other managers or coaches. So it's a kind of love fest every time he meets anybody from the opposition. Yeah, he's kind of the grand old grand old dame of football. Yeah, he's obviously, he? he's, everybody, everybody likes him. He's a sweet, sweet man. Yeah, he's a nice, he's a nice guy. Um, just, just a final, just a final thing on the cup. Um, you do realise that it's a certain JT's birthday on FA Cup oh, final. God, like it was Stephen Gerrard's birthday yeah. last year. Hey, let's win it! Let's win it for JT! Let's win it for JT! Let's have a campaign! Let's do a poll to the um, government. I'm not, I'm not getting involved anyway. in that. They're very nice people. No, no, no. The government. Yeah. The, the other. The, 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 yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. We meant the government, didn't we? Not, not any, any other people that might reside north of Watford <laughs> Gap. Uh, anyway, um, talking of uh, people who don't live anywhere near Watford or north of the Watford Gap, we should very, very quickly discuss discuss Pato Banton which I hope he's going to be referred to from now on. Um, before I uh, ask you, one of you, to answer the question, which is why are we signing a player who's not match fit and has probably at least six years past his best when we desperately need quality cover for Costa, um, I'll, I'm going to reveal this to you because you, a few of you might remember this, but um, we've got some great mates uh, from Brazil called Felipe and Davi. 
And uh, when their news was broken, uh, I immediately got onto them on Twitter to find out what they thought. And of course, uh, Buju Banton's cousin, very good jack around a chick. Um, anyway, uh, Pato uh, has played for clubs that they know well out there. And this is what Felipe had to say about Pato. He said uh, he is a player that does not care uh, if we're winning or losing. He's got no passion for any other club. Uh, sorry, let me read that. He's got no passion for any club and he ruined Corinthians dressing room spirits when he played there. He's got no passion for football. Uh, he missed a penalty in a penalty shootout in a cup match away. Uh, they said that he did it so the manager would be sacked. And he has always played for top clubs and never respected any of them. He had no serious injuries in the last three years, though. So he, he, he's not perhaps as much of a crock as we thought he, he was. So who would like to respond to that yeah, first? Really, I, I, oh, my God. Your Jonathan says, oh, my God. Dan was about to say something. Dan, well, Dan no, tell me what really, you think about that. Exactly same as you. I went to uh, Felipe and he said the same thing. That he's... he's um, ah. A liability, possibly. Listen, he's, he's 25. It's a six-month loan. It's, it's pretty much risk-free. You know, in, in his Milan days, he was a, an awesome player. I've seen some of the YouTube footage, albeit that's not a fair, totally fair opinion of what it's like. But it's, it's risk-free. Six months' time, doesn't work, goodbye. If he gets anywhere near his best, which at 26, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, we could have quite a player on our hands. He plays off the shoulder of defenders. Mm. He's got a bit of pace about him. He can finish. I'm going, to, I'm going to reserve judgment on this one and see what happens. He hasn't played. Jonathan, hasn't what do you think? November, has he? So what are they going to do? No, so he's not even yeah. match fit, no. for God's sake. I don't know. Well, we can only only see what, what, what his attitude is by on his, how he plays, can't we? See what happens. Yeah. Clayton, what do you think? Uh, what do I think? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think what Dan said is right. It's, it's a no-risk situation. It's a no-risk if you've got two working strikers we've got one so there's a risk in so much as we should have got a, a decent yeah. backup and we didn't uh charlie austin thing is ridiculous i don't know why we just didn't ship him in uh less money etc um but and i know we're going to come on to this who, who who said i think it's a good idea to go and find pato who the hell where'd that come from uh, well, uh, uh, apparently Mourinho, from what we were, we, we, the, you know, rumours leaking this out. This is of the Mourinho club. that put Falco um, in, in, in our. But I, I think that there's, I, well, yeah, and I, but I think that there's something more. I'm going to kind of whiz on a bit in the old script, actually, because we're kind of talking about it anyway. And uh, there, there seems to me to be a pattern. I mean, nobody can fathom out the absolute horror clusterfuck <laughs> that is our transfer policy at the moment. But there might be something that reveals the truth in this. And it just makes me wonder that instead of actually bothering to scout players properly, whoever it is that is responsible for finding players at this club basically just sits there, waits in his, in his very nice office in SW6, waits for the phone to ring, answers it, and gets on the phone one of two agents, one of them being Keir Jurabchian, the other being George Mendes. Because most, yeah, most of the players that we seem to be getting have come from either of those two sources, which is downright ignorant, naive and lazy in the extreme, if you ask me. You know, because it just makes no sense to go and, 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 and uh, hire Pato, whether he's on low or low a lot. And as for the signing of Mr. Miyagi from the New York Red Bulls, what in God's name is all that about? I mean, how on earth, how on earth... Do uh, Callus and Christensen and any number of youth players that are around the same age 
Think it's, about that. I mean, it's like basically just saying to them, you'll never play for Chelsea. Very simple, Why bother? Reason, very simple reason. Shirt sales. It opens up the American market. You've got a young American kid going to premiership. All ka-ching. Young Americans, yeah. young Americans. He was the young American. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Can you hear, Sorry, can you hear that, Chidge? Can you hear it? David, David Barry, David speed Bowie. in his grave. <laughs> he, is, um, he is, he is, he is. I've got the Ouija yeah, board it's, out, it's, mate. It's Shirt Sales. I think mirroring cynical, young American, goes to the Premiership, plays for Chelsea, sells some more shirts. No, no, Dan, get it right. EPL, the the sorry, EPL. Yeah. Yeah, EPL. I mean, it, it, it has to be about Shirt Sales. Surely Christensen is a better option, or, or Callas, or all these players. In fact, yeah. Callas, you, I don't you know, know, he can't get into the Middlesbrough team. I, I, well, my big question, going a complete tangent, a lot of these youth players can't get into championship teams. Doesn't doesn't say much. No, anyway, too much for tangent. That's another show. Very well. I know, I know, hang on a minute. I just got to read a couple of things out from Twitter. Uh, from, not from Twitter. From uh, from Mixler because they're they're nailing the head as always. Benny the Blue said is selling shirts to us Yanks, and I mean he would know he's out there. Uh, Tony, the lovely, the Reverend Tony Glover, as I'm now going to call him. Says, Chidge, this is exactly why Pep chose City. They have everything in place for him. Academy, money, scouting, etc. We, on the other hand, are running it like faulty towers. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, what do you think of that? Very well observed. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, well, can you tell me, is, mm. um, is Christensen, Christensen's doing very well. He's at, he's, he's at Hamburg, isn't he? Was it... Was it uh, is it? No, I think it's Glenbach. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's apparently doing very well indeed. So. Very good, yeah. So uh, basically, we, yeah. Why, why would we want him? Enough, enough, enough. We've got to go to a break. But before we do, I'm going to leave you with another bon mot from the Reverend Tony Glover, which is Manuel. Manuel, he from Barcelona. He is the director of football, and Sybil is the head buyer. Tony, I think you are right. Now, after the break. We're going to have the usual round of Chelsea supporters news. And, I, and you're in for a treat because there are three stonking emails that uh, the lovely Jonathan Kidd will be reading out. We will be back in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are, of course, listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast, and we're on the home street uh, with a little bit of a Chelsea Supporters News Roundup. But first of all, we've got three absolutely brilliant emails from some, uh, some people. Well, I think they're from the, the States and from... Japan and somewhere else, but there's a, a real mixed bunch, but they're very interesting. And so here is the first one from uh, today's guest voiceover artist, Mr. Jonathan Hi, Kidd. Guys. It's great to listen to the podcast every week. I just wanted to mention a few points, which I'm sure everyone knows, but wanted to specify. It's about Jose Mourinho. I'm sad that everyone's forgotten him quite easily and actually have blamed him more than anyone else. Um, in brackets, bored, Roman, Emanalo, about this season. He was the reason why a lot of people, including myself, became a Chelsea fan. First time he left the club, I cried. Second time he left, I was literally pissed off. Of course, we all have to move on and cheer for the next manager. But saying the team has improved is utter nonsense. We were quite mediocre at Old Trafford. (coughs) Courtois saved us with two great saves. We could have lost against West Brom, too. We were okay at Palace. Actually, first half, Palace deserved to be ahead. Against Everton, it was our worst performance of the season till JT scored. 
At Arsenal, we won because a Mr. Specialist once again was at his best. Plus, it was 11 versus 10. And about players who were performing suddenly is utter, utter rubbish. Costa admitted he was overweight when the season started. Jose put him into double training sessions. Of course he's going to start scoring once he's fit, since he's a great striker. Sesk admitted too that he has to improve, and he has little by little. So the point I want to say is that it's nothing to do with Gus. Chelsea, of course, were going to perform better as players because they were starting to get the blame from the media, from us, the fans. Gus hasn't used Kennedy, Traore, RLC, Baba, etc. Jose used them in various competitions. How can a Chelsea manager use the players from the academy when you can get sacked by losing four to five games in a short spell? And in Jose's case, after winning the title a few months before. Wherever he goes, his team usually scores the most goals scored or in the top three with one of the best defensive records. We should have stuck with him and shipped out four to five players in January, used our youth, Solanke, RLC, Kennedy, etc. What's the point of finishing sixth or seventh by using Oscar, the most overrated player of all time? Pedro, Remy and Mikel, etc. I'd rather give experience to the academy players while having the best manager in the world. We have to move on, of course, don't get me wrong, but please respect Jose. I'm sure that Jose is going to be back by 2025 under a different owner. Roman will sell the club within five years because of the financial crisis he's facing or will face soon. Waiting for that day when the special one comes back. Arpan Javeri from Japan. Well, there we go. Some strong stuff from... Uh, was it Arpan? Arpan, Arpan. Strong stuff from Arpan, Dan and Clayton. What, what do you think about that, uh, Dan, first? I mean, he, he makes some good points. Um, there's a lot of water on the bridge in the last four months. I think it's lots being said, a lot of conjecture. We don't actually know the real truth, so we're all kind of surmising as to what, what went on. Um, will Roman sell the club? I don't know. Has he, you know, to lose seven billion takes some doing. So I think he makes a lot of very good points, but I, I don't agree with a lot of what he says. It's it's difficult. That yeah. No, I I I, yeah. I, I tell you what I do. I pick out I pick out something which I find quite interesting out of all of that, and I, and I and I think that there has been a slight uh, rewriting of history, which you always get uh, inevitably, um, and it's not entirely the media's fault. It's just kind of almost human nature, but. I, I think that Gus is actually, I think he's got a point. I think Gus is getting way too much praise already for turning it round. And in fact, I think you're right, he's right. I mean, there were signs there that, that Jose was turning it round. Uh, irrespective of that, there is no doubt that the that there was clearly yeah. palpable discord between Jose and the players. And you remove Jose and that goes away. And whether we like it or not, that Jose hadn't, wasn't turning so anything around. Away. It was nine defeats. I, I, there was no end in sight. I, mean, I, couldn't, I couldn't see where we were going to get a win from. It was just, it, it was, it was a, a slippery slope. And Gus has come with a remit to move us up the league and youth would not get a look in because we need to play the experienced mm. person to get us up the league. So... I, I do think, though, to be fair to Arvan, he, he wrote this way before Saturday, yeah. sorry, Sunday, when, of course, Gus did use yeah. Kennedy, Traore, Baba and Rubinovs' cheek. It'd be very interesting to hear what Arvan, who, Arpan, who no doubt listens to the show, obviously, otherwise he wouldn't have sent the email, it'd be very interesting to hear what he what he says after Sunday, actually, when, when those guys did play. But there you go. Clayton, you got anything no, to I mean, say on that? A couple of weeks ago, I, I was completely in agreement with his sentiment that we should get rid of the players rather than the manager. Um, 
none of us know, and as Dan alluded to earlier on, we'd just absolutely love to know what on earth happened that he basically fell out with a whole dressing room or a whole squad of players who are all starting to play now when they weren't playing four months ago. Um, I think one of the other things that um, has come into the fore is the fact that this whole, I don't know whether it was a deliberate ploy to get us back later than the other teams and training later than the other teams, but it is interesting that our fitness levels seem to have gone up and we may well finish uh, very well because we're a lot fitter than, than most other teams because we obviously had two months off at the beginning of the year. So Yeah, but and of course that, that was all part of the plan, the wasn't it? Plan. So so to I, I do agree with that. I'm, I mean, it, it's a it's a very angry email. It's it's good. It's passion. It's fantastic. I like that. Yeah, we. I, I think a lot of a lot of applause yeah. for the passion. Actually, well okay. done, okay. well done. And 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 actually, how lovely to hear from from somebody from Japan. I don't actually. I don't think we've heard from anybody from Japan before. So that was very nice. Jonathan, next one, please. How does he know about something's going to happen to Roman, who will be selling the club? Has he got some inside information but, here? He must have. And Jose is coming back in twenty twenty five. A big crystal ball. Yeah, I'll be sixty then. I might have might have retired from Chelsea by you then. You never Who retire knows? from Chelsea, Chief. No, no, you can't. You know, it's a bit like 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 uh, like that wonderful uh, Al Cappuccino quote from The Sopranos with Silvio. Once I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> anyway, over to you, J.K. Hi everyone, my name is Asher. I'm a Chelsea fan since Rob- Roberto Di Matteo scored that blinder in the FA Cup final against Middlesbrough. I was 10 years old then and was searching for cricket on ESPN when the FA Cup was about to start. As a sportsman, I love to watch any sports apart from golf, so I started to watch the match. When you're a neutral fan, you tend to support any team because there are players you know or the colour of the team's kit. As an Indian, I chose the colour blue. That day, I didn't know that the team I was choosing would be the reason I would become a football fan. So now here we are over 17 years later multiple times champions and still current champions, even if it is only for a few more months. This season is a strange one, but strangely, it's becoming one of the most enjoyable seasons for me. Maybe it's my blind love towards my team or just stupidity, but I don't think we've played that bad this season apart from some games. I think we played better in the Bournemouth match than we played in the Norwich match, but the results are opposite. The match against Stoke, we should have got a penalty, but it was not given. While the match against Newcastle, we could have won when Pedro got a golden chance in the last minutes. Even the match against Leicester, we didn't play that bad. But hey, it's like what Mourinho said time and time again. At the end of the day, it's the three points that count. I still believe Mourinho, considering his history, should have been allowed one more season. But he's now our past yet again. Goose hitting came and for the most part has sorted us out. The best thing about Goose is that he gives the team a never-give-up attitude, which was apparent when he was here last time as well. And the present team is showing the same hunger like matches against Watford and Everton. I still believe we would have gone on to win the Champions League last time when Goose was in charge if that bollock of a man of Rayburn had given just one penalty, even the last one when Ballack shot hit Eto's arm in the dying minutes. For Mourinho team, chances of last 10 minutes fightbacks wins, wins. From a Reno team, chances of last 10 minutes fightbacks, wins, were very thin. Lastly, I would like you guys' opinion on what went wrong this season. Do you guys think there was a palpable discord? Or just Mourinho and players were unlucky most of the time? 
I know they were not playing to their potential, but they were collecting points after points, playing the same way for half of last season, and we won the championship. In my opinion, there was a palpable discord, and it was not between the manager and players, but it was between manager and the board. Finally, I would like you guys to congratulate you guys for winning the podcast award and hope that Chidge's predication, I think it should be prediction, about winning the Champions League comes true. No, it it is a predication, he's right. My fingers are crossed. (laughs) Thanks. Lovely lovely email. Brilliant. That's from Asha Abra. That's from India. I got that completely wrong. I I thought it was from the States. So how lovely to hear from somebody from India as well. I tell you what fascinates me, boys. There there are two emails uh, here from you know, relatively new supporters uh, from Japan and from India, uh, you know, not, not you know, kind of what I would call hotbeds of, of, uh, of Chelsea support traditionally. And yet, you know, they are, you know, judging from those two emails, pretty four square behind Mourinho and pretty fun up that he got sacked, which I have to say I, I find very encouraging, actually, because I think hitherto, you know, they were always like, uh, tarred with the they'll get rid of anybody quickly because they only care about the results faction if you see what I mean what, what do you think about that Clayton? I just think that they show a very good understanding of what's been going on I think it's yeah and passion and, and, and passion. passion yeah um, I like that email it was, it was very reasoned very um, very well set out um, who wants our opinion on what went wrong this season I, I mean personally we, we've been there a lot haven't we I, I think what went wrong was that Jose didn't get the players he wanted threw his toys out fell out with a whole load of people and it all just went horribly wrong yeah I Dan? completely agree with Clayton I think, I think it was I mean first a great email I think really really good it's nice to see passion that you know transcends continents and, and oceans and it's great that his you know he, he liked the colour blue. He chose Chelsea. We've all got our stories. How he picked our club um, makes some great points. I think in agree with Clayton. J- Jose had a blame. The players had a blame. Chelsea as a whole are to blame for this. This, this apart from the fans and this shit house for season. I think the fans are the only constant who've been consistent throughout the whole season. You know, we're the ones who've been home and away week in week out. Support the team. We're the consistent ones. The rest can yeah, can do one this season, as far as I'm concerned. Put it down to a write-off. I, I mean, you know, we've been into it ad, ad infinitum as to why we think it all went pear-shaped this this, this season. So let's yeah. not go over that again. But, you know, I, I think that there's an element of truth in the fact that, that there was a, a breakdown between Jose and the board. But there always was because, you know, Jose got the job because Marina convinced Roman to to get him back. I think there are others on the board that were not so keen because they thought it would end in tears. The other thing that I I, I do know and has been doing the rounds, and and Clive alludes to this on on the Mixler feed, but, you know, he basically threw his toys out the pram as a sulky old so-and-so and and ostracised people and didn't speak to people for a long, long time. And I've heard that from a lot of other sources too. I mean, Clive said he, you know, he surrounded himself with Portuguese speaking in Portuguese and not talking to some of the players. So, I think we have said fairly consistently that this is not just one this is not just one thing that's caused this it's a whole agglomeration of a lot of things going on at the same time uh, but there we go look nevertheless um Asha lovely to hear from you and and thank you so much for uh, for congratulating us on winning the uh, football uh, podcast award at the FBAs and believe me we will win the Champions League this year I I can guarantee it uh, Jonathan, uh, time for the last email. Then, That's yeah. my predication. Can I just say how absolutely brilliant it is to have 
fans in India. I think that's uh, you should be terribly proud yeah. of, the, of the fan cast for having that. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Well, we love them all and we welcome them all, mate. We should do a cricket one in the summer. That, that'll, that'll get the Indians well, <laughs> won't it? Good. They love their cricket. They go potty for they cricket, do. mate. But it's brilliant, brilliant to have, the, have, to have people listening from India. I think that's superb. You you know what? We could do a cricket podcast in the summer because we've got me, you and Clayton yeah, here. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up. Oh. Yeah, I don't, don't, know, don't, don't know how keen Dan is uh, on the old I like cricket. I'm probably not knowledgeable enough to sit around with you, you three wise men. Fortunately, yeah. No, we are we are three, the three yeah, wise monkeys get some, of the cricket get fraternity. He loves his cricket as well. Yeah. Well, we could do it. We've got Skype now. We don't have to like meet up. Maybe we should do it. We night night. It'd be quite fun to do. I'd okay. be up for that. Uh, jo- Jonathan, sorry, you should carry on with the uh, next uh, email. This is email number three. Chidgen crew, pardon the novel. Ooh, going on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think that a week after a thoroughly satisfying win against the Latte Brigade and after the resounding slaughter of MK Dons, that I would be filled with joy and optimism for the rest of the season, that the team looks to be gaining form at precisely the right time. Instead, I feel empty, sad and embarrassed by what is, yet again, a pathetically corporate decision made by our board to not renew our captain, leader, legends contract. Lampard, Czech, Cole and Jose, to an extent. All decisions made by the board that come off to me as utterly tone-deaf to what the fans are feeling. I'm a relatively new fan in the grand scheme of things, having started following the club in 2004, shortly after Jose gave his famous I'm a special one conference. The team I followed then was strong, passionate and full of undying devotion to success and perseverance. The spine we formed in Czech, Terry, Cole, Lampard and Drogba was second to none. They all had their good times and bad times. That lot truly bled blue. The side we're left with now are immensely talented, yes, but each time they take the field, I can't help but get the feeling what I'm watching is artificial, a stylish facade for a soul that no longer exists, a far cry from the integrity of the club that I came to love. In many ways, this is a good thing, but there almost always seems to be something missing leadership, true love for and pride in the badge. I know that things change with time and the the players come and go, but there are some things that are irreplaceable. The way the club treats its legends, its fans' favourites, its most undying servants, reminds me that no matter how good it might get, the modern game is one of broad disconnect and hollow passion. I'll leave you with this. Only four remain from the group that gave the club perhaps its most precious memory in Munich. Mikel, Ivanovic, Cahill and JT. Come summer, it's possible that only two will remain. Only four short years later. All my heroes have gone from the club. And the worst part is, I don't feel like the club gives a shit. Cheers. Joe Wapinski. Wow, that was a cracking, cracking. I told you we had some good emails this week, but that one absolutely nails it, I think. Uh, and, and you know, if we'd have read that email at the beginning of the show, we wouldn't have needed to do half the show. I think he's pretty much nailed every aspect of the argument that we were making. Yeah, Clayton. no, I was, I was just about to say, it's basically, yeah, we it, it's what we were saying about the whole disconnect and the whole lack of passion. Um, not lack of passion, but, but dispassionate behaviour of the club. I think it's it's a very interesting thing because this whole just going back 
and, th and this email alludes to it, is this whole thing about the club not seeming to get it. But what I don't understand is that Roman seems to love football. He surrounds himself with football people in so much as the late Bobby Campbell, you know, he became a friend of his. Uh, getting Gus back in, who knows all about football, is a big football man, getting Drogba to come and trying to get Drogba to coach. And it's, there's obviously a love there and there's obviously a connection. And I think Rick Glanville said, you know, he was so so keen to get the museum right to, to about the history of the club that we haven't got, you know, and just get everything right for that museum. And yet we get this complete bypass. <laughs> it, it's a complete contradiction. Has he ever spent uh, three or four hours in the pub before or three or four hours in the pub afterwards and sat on the, and stood on the terraces? Um, I think you know the answers to that question, but I, I have heard rumours well, that I, he has, uh, certainly in foreign away trips, he's, he's sat and had a drink with some of the boys. But I just don't, I, you know, no matter how much he says he loves it, the, I think he's inevitably, you know, going to have some sort of a disconnect and the disconnect comes because of the, the wealth and the and the isolation that that brings in terms of the normal football experience. I know, but uh, I mean, sorry, which, which he no, cannot I, have. You know, he didn't grow he didn't grow up as a kid playing football every week with his mates, doing what we all did. I just don't believe that he did that, and I just don't think he can have the same kind of connection that we could. And you can't no, acquire that. I'm not that. saying you can, but what I, the point I'm trying to make is that he is trying to understand the club and he's trying to, you know, why would you have somebody like Bobby Campbell? Why would you befriend Bobby Campbell? You know, why, why would you sort of get Gussin, who's such a football man? Why would you try and get Drogba back at the club? There must be something there where he understands or tries to understand it. I, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not blaming him. He, there's no way that he doesn't delegate to other people. I mean, it's... Yeah, I, te I tell you what, Tony, as always, is on fire, um, and he, he makes a good kind of counterpoint to this, which is that's quite unfair. Robin Abramovich has treated its legends well and brought them back into the fold. It was Bates who discarded them, which is absolutely true. I mean, the bottom line is, Clayton, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. That's just how I feel. But I, 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 I absolutely concede that Roman is passionate about Chelsea and, and, and passionate about football, and I, and I think he's learnt an awful lot about the game. But I, I just don't. I, I don't think he'll ever understand the experience like oh, us. Well, that's impossible, like you say. But I mean, I, I think my yeah. my only problem with him is is he seems to have surrounded himself with people who just don't understand it. Well, I'm afraid that's that's symptomatic of the situation that, that he finds himself in. You know, the more powerful that you are, the more you know, the richer you are, the more you get surrounded by people who, who just want to blow smoke up your arse and take your money. It's always been the way and it always will be. Uh, Dan and Jonathan, Dan, Dan first, you got any comments no, on that I email? I think he echoed what a lot of Chelsea fans are feeling and thinking yeah. right now. I think he's nail on the head. Um, it's, it's Quite just, right. It, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, what country, where you're from. If you, if you love Chelsea, you, f you feel the pain and you can articulate yourself brilliantly. And I think it's, you know, pat on the back for a great yeah. email. I get worried Jonathan. about the assumptions that we make about the board and, um, and saying that they're all n sort of non-football and they're, they're all playing smoke up Abramovich's arse when um, um, are we saying that Bruce Buck knows nothing about football? Are we saying... Well, Bruce, Bruce apparently has been going since since the 80s and has supported us a long time. But, you know, again, I, I, look, we don't know and you're right. We, we, we don't know and it's unfair, therefore, to judge without 
you know the full facts and full knowledge but you know you have to go on a gut feel sometimes and i and i concede that that, that bruce likes his football but again i I, can't, I mean you know maybe if i ever meet him i'll ask him this but i i, I can't believe he's had the same experience that we've had and I, I, I would almost put money on the fact that Eugene Tannenbaum and Marina no, haven't. Just, you know, they, they, they've been no, parachuted I, I, I agree. in. I just get, I get disturbed about the fact that they seem to be making such dreadful decisions from a PR and, and a commercial point of view. And I, and I therefore think, well, it's, I always think, is there something else happening that we know nothing about? And, well, and, I would say there's always something happening that we know nothing about. You know what? You know what I was thinking today, which which horrifies me in a way. But I was, do you know what I was mulling over today? I was thinking, God, I don't half miss Peter Kenyon. <laughs> he got he got rid of Robin, one of the worst decisions ever made. Yeah, I know. But you know what? He knows. He knew more about football than this. I mean, Kenyon was a proper you know. football man. He knew he knew his stuff. He was he was shrewd. Yeah, he he got rid of good Johnson as well, didn't he? After missing that goal against Liverpool in the semi final. We need to wrap up, gents, much as I'd love to. I do, what I'd like to do first is to give uh, all of our emailers a round of applause because I thought they were brilliant this week. Yeah, keep them coming, people, because they're great fun. And it, the more you write, the less I have to. I'm, there you go. Great. Right, Gary, Very I quick. have to read them out. If he'd like to read them out, he can come over. Yeah, Gary, next time we'll have you read them, reading them out then. How's that? I mean, Gary on the podcast would actually be hilarious. You I do know. know that, don't you? Anyway, uh, right, quick plug for CFC UK. Uh, the new one was out before um, the Milton Keynes game. Uh, my article this week is a nightmare on Stamford Bridge, which was weirdly prescient. I'll let you read it to understand why. If you can't get it from the, uh, the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway, you can get it uh, online and digitally by subscribing at uh, cfcuk.net. And if you're in the US, get hold of Dan Lundberg at dlundberg underscore or at CFCUKUSA, and uh, they'll make sure you get a hard copy. Uh, don't forget to join the uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust and make your voice heard by the club about how pissed off you are about JT, anything you like. Uh, all you have to do is pay £5 to become a voting member. It's free for non-voting members. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Now, um, I will be back next Monday uh, booming through your ears and uh, your on your airwaves or something like that, or your earwaves even. And it will be Monday, February the 8th, and we'll be looking back at the games against Watford and Man United, and I will be joined yet again by the lovely Dan Silver and Clayton you Beerman. There we go. And uh, we're giving Jonathan the week off next week and we will have the lovely Ross Mooring with us. So there we go. Uh, we will miss Who's you, Jonathan. read out the, the emails? <clears throat> well, I don't know. I'll, I'll, it may have to be me, a, a very poor substitute in the voiceover oh, no, stage, Jonathan. You'll manage. I know. You've trained me very well, but I'm still not quite in your class, it has to be said. No, Silence. I, I, I chuckled. Like I've... Oh, you chuckled, did you? Yes, I thought I'd rendered you speechless, which would certainly be a first. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, lovely to have you guys on the show, as always, always, always. It's been a real pleasure. Jonathan, it's been lovely to have you on the show. Sorry about my my aggressive Ruben uh, Loftus-Cheek moment. Don't apologise, mate. It's all look football. As as with so many of the things, is all about opinions. So uh, if we didn't have an opinion, there would be no show. Dan, great to have you on as always. Lovely stuff. And Clayton, as always, lovely to have your sense and sensibility on the show. Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. 
And uh, also, Clayton, thank you so much for a wonderful blog, what you wrote uh, at the uh, last week, which I, I failed to get up until Sunday, but it was still relevant and people still no, liked well, I, it. I, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit concerned that it was it was becoming slightly out of date, but um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's right. fine. Thank you. And, and um, if anybody likes my, my readings, also, I'm in CFC UK this month uh, with an article called Spineless. I bet you can not guess what that's about. It's about... Um, uh, a creature that has no spine. That would be about the sound of it, yeah. There we go. All right, we've got to go, guys. But don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Dan Silves. 73 and Clayton at goalie 59 and of course check out the aforementioned website chelseafancast.com now of course a monstrously huge massive thank you to the many 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 people uh, who have been uh, with us live in Mixler tonight including the wonderful Debs, Gillian, Andy Silverman, Dazza, Clive, uh, Kurt, I saw Alan May score, the wonderful JP McCreet, Alison Annalie's in here, oh, wonderful. Nikki Davidson's in here. I mean, there's so many. Jonathan Sharp, Bob Usray, Gary Wilson, Jack Benny, Mile High Chase, Jonathan, blimey, Mark Barfoot, the, the Tony Glover. They're, I'll tell you, we've had an absolute crowd in. It's been brilliant to see you, as always. We love you massively. Uh, so many thanks to you lot, and thanks to my guest this week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chill. Up the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.